Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back for Scaling Your Business podcast episode 7, I believe. Today I have two guests who have actually had the pleasure of meeting before at a jci event i've got beating me and i've got lauren welcome to the show guys thank you very much glad to be here yeah you guys have really taken off since i've last met you i kind of feel like i've been left behind um (laughs) irish times have listed you two as one of the 50 people to pay attention to in 2021 um that must have come as some good news yeah it did and it was new year's day we didn't even know about it well, um, we just noticed our website, we started to get a lot of traction, a lot of visitors coming in, coming in. And we're like, what? what's going on here? And then my group chat from school, you know, people start to message in saying, congratulations, congratulations. I'm like, what did I do? And, I saw <laughs> <You've> it. A- <laughs> and then we ran to get the paper. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. We're delighted with it. Really happy. You've got a better group chat than I do. My group chat would have just said, uh, pints on you for the next three or four years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but not only that, Lauren, you've also featured in, if I have it correctly here, uh, not featured, but you won Trinity College's launch box, um, uh, yeah, which is yeah. back by AI, Bank of Ireland on AIB. Don't give them the credit when they didn't do it. Um, <laughs> can you can you talk to me about that? What was that kind of the support you needed to get this, which we're going to talk about today, promotion off the ground? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So February last year, we applied for launch box in Trinity um and we we got in and then lockdown happened and we were kind of afraid that it wouldn't go ahead um but thankfully they emailed kind of fairly rapid to say like your your funding secured your your program secured we're going to go fully online so and um, that's what we did for the whole summer and um, from june till september uh we were working non-stop on promotion um and we had the pleasure of being introduced to a lot of key stakeholders in the Irish ecosystem, a startup ecosystem, um, investors, mentors, entrepreneurs, um, and we've made a lot of great connections that way. Um, and that was just just an excellent opportunity for us to properly like uh, flesh out our business plan, um, and I suppose get our get our product and get it get it made. Um, and then we we won the demo day for that, and then subsequently got. Um, to access to co-working space in Dogpatch Labs and um, well, a whole other host of, of networking for us which has been amazing there's some great names in Dodge, Dog Patch Labs as well difficult name to say but there's some great names <laughs> I know uh, Brian Caulfield um, uh, very successful in his own right is uh, behind Dog, Dog Patch Labs um, the idea you guys have absolutely great I remember I live in a, in a village out in the countryside mm. and uh, you'd get taxis from one village to the other when the pub closed, go to the other village. And I remember sitting on the wall one day after a few drinks waiting for a ta- taxi. And I was like, why does this taxi not have any like branding on it when it's picking up people? Yeah. I thought, of, uh, now these drunken ideas pass you. Yeah. But you guys have taken that a step further, more eco-friendly. Can you can you talk me through what promotion is? Yeah, so promotion is essentially a platform where we reward motion. So people uh, live friendly, active lives. So we connect brands with these kind of people. You know, when you're on your bicycle or if you're running, you know, getting fit, it's a very emotional 
um, you know, thin, um, you know, it releases endorphins, um, chemicals in your, in your brain. You feel good about yourselves after. So we're connecting brands directly to this emotion. So that's where the whole idea came from, you know, as pharmacy students to get people moving, get people being healthy and also helping the environment. And there needs to be a way to incentivize this. And the most, the simplest in- incentive is, you know, cash. So how do we, you know, get money into this? And that whole side of it comes from marketing, getting brands to fund this and associate them with, um, you know, positive health and well-being. Yeah, you, you, I, I, I do want to jump into promotion in a moment, but you mentioned that you're a pharmaceutical student. Um, both of you guys are. Give me a bit of your background, 30 seconds each, if you want to go first, Lauren. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so as you said there, I'm uh, in my final year of pharmacy. Um, I suppose the interest for business is kind of integrated into the course. Pharmacists are often business um, people with their own pharmacies, and we, we get a bit of background on there. But um, I suppose the interest in marketing and communications comes from my external stuff. Like you mentioned earlier, Rian, with JCI, in that I would have been involved in the PR and communications there. Um, and uh, that's kind of where my interest in in marketing and branding kind of comes from um and i i'm on instagram as well promoting kind of health and well-being um so i'm really inter- interested in um in that kind of area i suppose as well. saving yeah. the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it as for me um, my background is kind of a bit mixed um i was a footballer in the uk for um about two to three years so i'm into health and fitness and I also completed an internship with Indeed, you know, at the job agency. And um, basically, Indeed is a platform where you advertise jobs. So I got an experience and insight into into marketing there. And yeah, so co- combining the two, um, you know, pr- promotion was born from there, really. Well, you guys are early in the process and you've already built up a, a, a very impressive catalog of connections. Um, so promotion, how does it work? I land myself in Dublin City Centre. I assume I download an app. Yeah. Yeah. Simple so, as that. So yeah. So you download the app, you fill in your details and um, well, there's two products. We'll talk about promotion cycle first. Yeah, yeah. sure. But we download the app, you fill in your details and then you'll be asked to track your cycling habits for up to 300 kilometers. So it'll actually take you like a month from when you actually start download the app um, to get in your first campaign. So once you've hit um, the 300 kilometers, we have a, we have data on your cycling habits. So then we can then, you know, list campaigns for different brands that we think uh, might align with you and your cycling habits. Then you can choose to apply for this. So then when you apply, we send you out our wheel attachment that fits onto almost every type of bicycle. And you fit that on yourself, very easy, no tools needed. And off you go, you start cycling and you earn money per kilometer that you cycle. Excellent. You said there was a second, second product. Did you want to talk about that now or do you want to just jump into focusing more on this what you're talking about at the moment yeah i can talk about that now too um sure yeah so promotion digital it's um it's a new part it's a second branch of promotion so basically it spreads it um extends it out to not just cyclists but to people who are walking and running as well so this app is basically like a shopping app and it pulls data from like your health kit or your fitbit whatever it is and so when you hit a certain amount of um, steps or activity in a week, you unlock offers. So to be non-sedentary, you need to do 5,000 steps for five, five days of the week. And so once you hit that, you'd have access to all different offers from different brands. And um, for example, it could be like your shampoo, your deodorant. So you go to the shop, you buy this product and you get cash back on this based on your activity. 
So yeah, we've leveraged open banking in this. It's, um, yeah, there's a lot to get into there. We leverage open banking and OCR technology. So you can scan your receipt and it's itemized. We, we can see the, the product that you bought and we can link that to um, the transaction on your card. And then you get cash back um, for that product. Could be 10% off, you got cash back into your account then. I understand the first product. Yeah. Because you, I'm assuming there's a, a branding element to the back of your bicycle. I looked at the pictures online. Yes. So there's a tangible ROI for the person who's paying for it. But yes. with the walking, I'm not wearing a backpack on my bag with the company's logo. So is it them just supporting a healthier environment and they're showing that to the world? Hey, we want to give back. Is, is, am I getting that correctly? No. Well, I suppose it's, 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 it's a predetermined ROI in the sense that um, the brands only get charged for the cash back that they actually give to consumers. So okay. these are consumers who walk or cycle just in their, in their daily lives. And um, whenever they buy, say, your, your deodorant, for example, um, then they get 20%, for example, cash back into their account. But that means that you can, um, you can set your budget and determine how many 20% cashbacks you're going to give back yeah, yeah. that you've determined how much how much sales you're going to drive with this campaign so it's not actually like out of home advertising at all it's more just driving sales with promotional offers like similar to what you get with your your club cards and your rewards cards that kind of thing but just yeah. um yeah driven by your healthy activity gotcha you wanted to say something oh no no yeah lauren no. Covered points there perfectly not that excellent add. Awesome, lead gen, but not, not not. I I I say blind spot as lead gen, not necessarily a blind spot. Um, but I want to focus on how you plan to acquire customers. Is it a big marketing spend? I know you've got dog dog patch labs to tap into, and the brains behind that as well. But kind of talk me through what the next two three years look like for you to capitalize on this. So yeah, at the moment we're actually we're doing that at the moment. We're trying to generate leads. And so how we're doing it at present is we've made a few connections. We have a few mentors and these yep. people have a vast network of um, a vast network of people uh, that are relevant in the industry. So we've been setting up calls with them, speaking to them. You know, we speak to one person like, oh, my God, I love this. You know, I'll put you in touch with this person, this person. Yeah. So our, our network and our leads are just expanding um, like, like that. So that's how we're generating uh, leads for our clients, which are the brands. And in terms of the generate, in terms of um, getting actual users on board, we ran a small um, social media campaign there, and we've got quite a few uh, users from that, and also word of mouth as well. People are telling friends about what it is we're trying to do here too. Yeah, and we actually um, ran just like the thing you said there about word of mouth. We ran a, a trial campaign there with JCI Dublin, um, as it happens, nice. um, and. From that, the people who did take part in the trial, um, they kind of messaged us and were like, oh, my mate actually wants to do it as well. Can he get in on it? You know? um, uh, so that was a really good a good thing for us to hear. Um, yeah. it, 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 it might not be your demographic or it might not certain. Everyone has kind of a base they start with. I'm assuming it will be long-term, what I'm about to say. so, But I'll forgive myself if I never ask it. Um, do you have any... Uh, plans to tap into universities because surely if you can tap into like let's say DIT the center university or TUD whatever it is now that's mm-hmm. 25,000 students you're touching yeah definitely and um, that's definitely something that we that we plan to do and um, we we have a plan to get I suppose we call them campus ambassadors 
So, you know, you go to like freshers fairs or any kind of events um, and they'll be there encouraging people. A lot of the time students will move to Dublin, they're cycling for the first time. Um, so in our app as well, we'll have like your guide to cycling in Dublin for the first time, like that kind of thing. Um, useful resources like that for college students or for anyone who's looking to get, get going on their bike. Um, and yeah, exactly. We'll be tapping into those, into those networks. And that, that's been a, a key um, a key player, I suppose, even in our market research today, had a lot of focus groups um, as a result of the colleges. Yeah. You've got a real passion for this, guys. You really do, because I can see that it's the future. I watched a couple of videos of the two years talking about, like one of the videos you mentioned was Dropbox investing heavily in this. I saw that Now TV have recently sponsored Dublin Bikes. That must have got you excited to see how much they've invested in Dublin Bikes. But yeah, this uh, this must be something you're passionate about. Yeah, definitely. There's um, there's huge opportunities there right now, and you know, as we're future healthcare professionals, it's kind of our duty to you know incentivize and encourage health in the community and our products and our company. That's that's the aim of it. Our goals are aligned. Our company goals and our personal goals are definitely aligned yeah sure well consider me a brand ambassador i'll will download the app and when i'm in the city i'll 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 be using it um you got me excited with saying only five thousand steps you have to do for five days because if that's all i have to do i can tick that box um we wanted to set a threshold that was like attainable but uh but had a, a kind of i suppose a health um rationale behind it and that rationale would be like um, less than that would be considered a sedentary lifestyle, which has a huge number of different risks associated with it in terms of your long-term health. Um, so we wanted to set one that would get people moving and then um, hopefully have rewards for people who are extra active as well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, two of the things we wanted to focus on today were sharing the vision and aligning personal goals with the vision. So starting with sharing the vision, um, Big picture vision. Do you have a vision for the future of the company? I know that in an ideal world, people active, healthier is is the vision. But for you guys to break it down individually, what's the vision for the future? Let's say, you know, 10 years from now, what do you hope promotion is? Yeah, so yeah, that's a deep question there. Ian. <laughs> um, so yeah, 10 years from now, what do we see promotion as? We see promotion as um, a major platform in Europe and, you know, obviously, you know, promoting health and uh, well-being and also giving our clients, the brands, the opportunity to um, have more impactful and meaningful marketing strategies in a way that provides functional, social and, um, sorry, functional, social and... Uh, emotional emotional value to our i love that you have it written down which is a good sign it's not <laughs> off the top of your head i like it <laughs> yeah to, to have them to provide those uh, key uh, value points for um for for people all around europe that's the that's that's what our um, long-term plan and vision is for the company there's 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 definitely a market in it you know um uh, I'm, I'm, I, I i doubt you're aware but uh about five six years ago i set up a business called recall uh, which in a nutshell was a wristband students wore that gave them discounts into uh, leisure plex to play bowling, into, you know, uh, pizza places to eat pizza, nightclubs, got nightclubs and uh, McDonald's was on it as well. Uh, and the, the error that we made was it was a wristband and a lot of students are either footballers or 
hospitality workers and they had to cut off the wristbands at the weekend. So they were mm-hmm. coming back to us for new wristbands. I stupidly invested in about four months, which is about 50,000 euro in wristbands. And then they try to cut them off themselves and come back. And uh, we never went towards the app uh, mm-hmm. and we had no care in the world about being eco-friendly or anything. We just wanted to push this, which you guys are coming from a completely different angle. But I say that because there was a company in Australia called Koala, which was what we kind of took the idea of there. Mm. I think that they were around two years ago and they're huge. They're massive. Um, so I can see the the opportunity in, yeah. in, in front of it. And I love that, B2B, you said when I said goals, and I know big, hairy, audacious goals is, is a thing that I preach and you, you you were kind of taken aback going, well, that's a difficult question to answer. But the first thing you said was outside of Ireland. You mentioned Europe, which is cool to see. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Ireland is a, it's a small market, you know, mm. 5 million people here. But um, it's a great test bed. You know, it's home. So we'll, we'll start here. We'll prove our model here. And definitely um, we will be looking to expand into the UK and into mainland Europe for sure. And there's European countries then, obviously, who are, you know, streets ahead of Ireland in terms of uh, micro mobility and sustainable cities, like obviously Amsterdam being a prime example and in the Netherlands. And but uh, yeah, obviously, that would be that would be a huge market for us to tap into. And hopefully in the meantime, Ireland will catch up with its, you know, sustainable cities. And we hope to be a player in that as well. Well, I'd love to tap into your brains of, you know, I'm sure you're more aware than I am of the future of cycle lanes and mm. turning Dublin into a walking slash cycle city. me, I saw you mentioned that there was going to be a cycle lane across the Liffey. Can you talk to me about that and anything else you know about yeah. the future of Dublin City? So since we made that video, um, that cycle lane has actually happened. Um, yeah. Wow. Well. In, in city centre. <laughs> Not because of we have to take credit. Take credit for it. <laughs> we'll take credit for it. <laughs> so yeah, so since then, they've actually you know implemented that. So all along the keys now, there's um, segregated cycling, which is beautiful to see. And um, mm. it's a lot safer for people cycling in. Because prior to that, it was it was a bit dangerous. Um, there are a lot of buses along that route every day in the morning you know between seven and ten a lot of buses and cyclists are kind of like you know weaving in between there and it was very dangerous but this has made cycling a lot safer and we're very happy to see that and we hope that the good work that the council have been doing um since the the lockdown continues yeah excellent one of the things that i've talked about on most podcasts with people is aligning personal goals with the vision slightly different in your shoes a lot of the people i'm talking to are in the tech space and they have a couple of employees and when i say aligning personal goals it's let's say um uh, uh if i make a million euro this year i get a commission check of ten thousand euro for hitting my million uh euro on target uh, the question is you know what are you going to do with uh, the uh the, the 10k is a reward for hitting the million and you know am i going to work hard to get to get that million so i can get to 10k yes but i'm going to work a hell of a lot harder if i can tie it to a personal goal the example being i'm trying to move to the south side of dublin at the moment about me my girlfriend's parents live over there and mm-hmm. um, so if i have to tie the goal of that 10k will go towards the deposit for a mortgage now I'm going to work 10 times as hard because that's impacting my future and I'm working towards my future. So that's kind of how I teed up for most people. But you guys, how do you align your personal goals? I know you're both in, in, in the pharmaceutical sector with the vision of the future. How do you think they play a role with each other of promotion? 
Well, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier ourselves and um, we kind of think that the, I suppose the future in terms of um, like anything that, that's going to impact the world in a positive way really is like social enterprise and and we, we strongly believe that um, differences can be can be made in with for-profit companies and you know it doesn't have to be bleeding heart stuff you know in order for you yeah. to make a difference um, and so we really I suppose um, want to you know uh, succeed ourselves uh, as entrepreneurs um, and um, and really make that difference like like you would make as a, as a pharmacist um, yeah. but just I suppose uh, reach more people and, and really um, help them to, to live healthier healthier lives like prevention is better than cure um and it, it really is um i suppose i'm a strong believer in habits um and daily activity really is a habit so i would link that personal goal of impacting many people worldwide um with the goal of um uh be, becoming an entrepreneur personally um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a fairly self-explanatory when you look at the company that the two people behind it kind of Act are eco-friendly and care about the future of humanity. Yeah, I'm assuming you give the same answer. Yeah, 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 exactly yeah. the same as um yeah what Lauren said there, and um, yeah that's that's our vision and and also I just wanted to add a point as well. Um, sure. In terms of the company's goal, basically like what you said there about the cycle lanes, um and I said okay since we last since we made that video the cycling lanes have actually come into fruition. It came into fruition because people are more people are cycling mm. so there's pressure there and then the government and you know the people in charge will have to provide this infrastructure so we can incentivize and encourage more people to cycle more people to walk the infrastructure will follow because there'll be pressure on the system and you know it's the government's uh, obligation uh, to to provide this infrastructure so that's what we're trying to do get more people on this wave and then we'll have better infrastructure um, for the for the future yeah i love it i love it dog dog patch labs they've come up a couple times in this conversation can you mm. can you kind of for those who aren't aware of the great work that they're doing uh can you give me 30 seconds of who they are and how they've helped you to date whether it's they've given you access to their phone book uh like a metaphor example um or there's sessions that you can attend or mm -hmm. rooms that you can use how have they been of benefit to you yeah, they've been they've been amazing. And um, so, Dogpatch Labs is a co-working space in um, Customized Key in Dublin, in the CHQ building. Um, and basically, it's a hub for startups, freelancers, um, I suppose, yeah, entrepreneurs to connect. Um, and uh, basically, yeah, like you said, they provide like rooms, and um, they obviously COVID is a different story, but um, normally. Uh, I believe they're they have really jam-packed rooms full of people um, yeah. at their first Fridays for startups. So on the first Friday every month, they have an event with lots of speakers and um, opportunities to be mentored by by um, uh, really experienced and successful people in their respective industries. Um, and now that's gone online during COVID, which has been equally amazing and probably brought in people internationally that they might not have brought in otherwise. Um, so yeah, it really, it's just a hope for, for startups and um, they, the founder himself would say that this is a startup of its own because it, it only started, I think, five years ago, would I be correct? Yeah, it's really and, young. Yeah. Really um, 
and they, they just secured a contract with the NDRC for um, a, a pre-accelerator program and accelerator programs for next, for this year. And um, so loads of exciting stuff going on uh, with it. And it's just, it just seems to be the place to be. Um, and they've just been incredible support to us and um, for connecting us with the people that, that we need to, to help us grow. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. One of the things um, I talk to people about is, is uh, as they grow, they hire so they can grow even more and more and more. And I'm sure that's somewhere in the future of both of your minds. But when it comes to hiring, talented people are very hard to come by mm-hmm. because not only are they rare, but you're then competing with the likes of Google, HubSpot, LinkedIn, all in Dublin City. You know, it's great that we have all these companies here, but you're competing with them against the talent. Um, I don't know if that's a conversation you guys have have had, but how, if you have, how do you plan to compete with the likes of Google and LinkedIn for such talent? Yeah, that's a great question there. Um, it's, it's really tough to compete in terms of compensation. And, you know, like as an engineer, you can go off, you know, work for Google, get, you know, makes things off the bat. Well, for example, with a startup, you know, we wouldn't be able to offer that kind of conversation. So it's really important that the people that we hire buy into our vision and the future and what we're trying to create. So that's a key part. I think that's something that, um, you know, we need to, you know, have a have further discussion on. But people buying into your vision is it's really important. You know, you don't want people coming to work for you for money because chances are the money's not going to be there in the beginning. Yeah, that they believe in what you're trying to do. I love yeah. the startup world. You kind of, um, with the corporate world, I almost feel like you're wearing handcuffs, invisible handcuffs, because there's a lot of uh, politics. But not only that, there's a lot of things you ha- hoops you have to jump through. Whereas the startup world, you can get your hands more dirty. You mm-hmm. can afford to mis- make those mistakes. Not that we want to make mistakes. Um, and your if the company takes off, you've got into it at a very early stage. Um, accountability is something else that comes up quite often. I'd love to know what accountability means to both of you individually. Interesting. <laughs> um, I suppose we, we keep each other accountable. Um, um, you know, uh, we... we try to keep a, a lot of structure even though you know it's, it's ourselves organizing um, any meetings that we have we do try to keep um, things like structured and um, have KPIs and um, I suppose for every stage that we're working on and um, yeah I suppose yeah kind of checking in checking in with each other would you yeah. say Amy? I would yeah I would yeah. I think over the last six months in particular things have kind of changed at the start like accountability was a bit like you know nobody really know what to do or you know yeah but recently up since the last six months things have started to like you know take off a bit for us so mm-hmm. we kind of have like more defined roles you know lauren to be in charge of like operations and you know organization and, and things like that and i'll be more focused on you know generating leads and uh, funding and that mm-hmm. kind of thing so you know we're accountable for different areas of the business um but we're still accountable to to each other too and then yeah. we have uh, yeah we have some like mentors who we check in with regularly Mm. and i suppose in giving them an update we kind of forget what we've done in the past month because you know you just move on to the next thing but in in you know going back over what you've done you kind of realize oh we actually did achieve a few things this month you know and then equally it gives us uh goals to say listen by this time next month when we talk to you and we'll have done x y and z and then you know we feel a bit of pressure then to make sure that we have 
Yeah, you've 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 somewhat answered my next question. It's the last question on accountability, and then I want to jump back to Legion because I know that's a part of this conversation I want to focus on. But the other question I had was, you know, as founders, how do you make sure to confirm whether you've met your expectations or not? Laura, you said that you have a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, do you set aside like a day a week, a day a month to talk to each other to go? Here's the you know. Uh, the expectations we have for this month and then at the end of the month you sit down again going here's what we did achieve here's what we didn't achieve here's what we're going to do about it is is that is, is that what you have yeah it is actually and that's that's what lauren does <laughs> lauren <laughs> is great at that i'm terrible at that lauren you know lauren has a plan you know this is what we need to do and uh, let's discuss set you know targets and kpis i could be on my computer all day just thinking about and you know reading different different articles but yeah no, lauren lauren's the one to answer that question he, he'd Excellent. always say like I've, I've nothing to show for my day obviously he has been working all day but like he'd say i'd i have nothing to show for my day's work because he might have been researching into some technology or um you know speaking to people on the phone and it, it looks like he's not done anything and then i'd be kind of doing more operational um things that that you know and then i'd send him on a document or a spreadsheet or something like that and he's like jesus <laughs> like you've been doing this all day but i know i know that he he works in a kind of a different way um but uh, but equally um we kind of balance each other out in that way i suppose yeah yeah, yeah a dynamic duo that don't clash heads with each other lee jen b2b you mentioned to me that that's more your area that you're focused on what lauren focused on operation side of things mm. um I know that you've got the backing of Dog Patch Labs, and yeah. uh, you've been featured in Irish Times, and you were the winner of uh, Trinity's Launchpad. But talk to me about Legion, because yeah. all that aside, you got to continue to grow the company. They're nice things to have, and they'll yeah. be there by your side, but they're not going to be with you on a Monday at three o'clock in the afternoon. So, how do you generate leads? Top three sources uh, for for me: leads come from networking events. Referrals, which is tapping into current people who who are clients of ours, to either ask for an introduction to a new client or growing internally in that account, and then LinkedIn is a huge one for me. We're in the B two B space. You're more in the B two C, also B two B because you're a business and you're selling yeah. your things mm-hmm. to a business. Talk me through top three lead sources. So right now, our number one lead source would be networking, and um, so. Okay. So we come into contact with people. They really like what we're trying to do. They want to get involved with us. They refer us on to people. So we have, you know, um, warm introductions. Um, LinkedIn, at the st- six months ago, LinkedIn was probably our biggest one. But I don't know, personally, I found LinkedIn to be not so effective for us, really, in terms of, um, you know, trying to get marketing budget um, on board. Because oftentimes, the people that you talk to, that person, me, the people that I spoke to on LinkedIn were yeah. the people who made decisions. So, you know, they had to refer me up to someone higher. But, um, you know, we're networking. We can come in, you know, speak to, you know, the managing director of a media agency and he can put us in touch with the relevant, you know, account manager for a specific brand that might be relevant to us. So coming in from the top and then, you know, filtering your way down to the, to the relevant person has been more effective for us than coming in at the bottom and going to the top. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I, I've i seen a couple of people go from the top and it's much more likely that the account manager will listen to their boss when their boss gives them an introduction rather than someone, their colleague or someone below them. Exactly, exactly. That's what we found. Yeah. <laughs> no. Networking events not existent at the moment. So I assume when you say networking events, there's a lot of Zoom calls are on. Yeah, yeah. People. I mean, yeah. So in terms of networking, uh, we've, 
come into contact with um, quite a few people, all in Dogpatch. You know, we're just sitting at a desk and, and they're like, oh, what do you guys do? And then we tell them what we're doing. Like, oh, my God, I know someone who'd be great for you guys. You know, they put us in touch with them. You know, we went for a coffee pre-lockdown and, you know, they put us in touch with other people. And, you know, like gradually like that, it's kind of like exponential. All of a sudden you've met two people and now you have about 15 people who are, you know, potential customers or interested in your in your business. Yeah, they say or it said that the hardest client to get is your first client and then you could technically grow a business without ever having to pick up the phone and do a call again but mm. just using your first client as a referral for a second and third client and then using it as a go on and go on and go on you see the picture i'm trying to paint here who is the ideal person if you could chat to you mentioned account manager to someone would that be because we've got a couple of people listening to this podcast and if any of them are listening paint the picture of who that ideal person is so if they can think of it in their head and they like the idea they can get in touch with you, which I'll leave your details below and we'll talk about that at the end of this podcast. But who is the ideal person for you to talk to? So the ideal, our ideal customer, ideal client would be um, a, a brand that cares and that has, you know, CSR goals. That's also um, a big marketer. Um, like we're, we're a platform, we connect, we marry the two, we marry CSR and marketing to generate, you know, positive ROI for the brands. So brands that care about the environment, that care about the health of their of their customers, and that would be uh, our ideal uh, and client. I would, I would say who are uh, forward thinking as well, um, yes. looking for, you know, interesting new channels to um, to explore and uh, maybe are tired of the situation. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, um, I've had a great chat with you guys today. I wish you the best of success with promotion. Those that want to download it, I'm assuming it's available on the App Store and, and Android as well for them to download today. Not today. Not today. <laughs> it will be available soon? In about yeah. three months, it will be, yes. Three months' time. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. I will leave links to your website, both of your LinkedIn page. Anyone who knows someone who might make a good contact for B2B or Lauren, please feel free to either get in contact with me and I'll make the introduction or I'll leave both of their emails below so you can get in contact with them yourselves as well. Uh, I can already think of a few people in my head that I've chatted to over the last couple of weeks that would make for a great introduction. So happy to chat offline about that. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we part ways? No, just uh, wanted to say thank you for having us here. I really enjoyed chatting to you. Yeah. yeah. Thrilled to have you on. Yeah, it gives us some a few things to think about as well because you, you don't ask yourselves these questions, you know. <laughs>